Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. What's up, man? I thought this was Liberty at Night. It is Liberty at Night. The thing is, yesterday's episode is going to be the first segment of the Liberty at Night episode because it describes all the stuff from the weekend. So I know that doing this today was not going to be super helpful. Mm. So I'll have to do a different intro later on. Hey, what's up, everyone? And you said the S word. Well, I, that was during the, you know, it's oh, during fair the intro. game mm. while the intro song is playing because most of the time I get rid of that is stuff. Is that what the FCC says? That's what the FCC said. They said they'll let me be for that first like 10 seconds or so, <laughs> you know? That's and right. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. They'll let me be me. Hey, what's up? We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And Tuesday nights. And Tuesday nights on Liberty at Night on Free Talk Live, plan across the country. You know, we got a couple interactions lately on Twitter from people who said they found us on Liberty at Night. There you go. So I guess people are listening to the radio still these days. Mm. Half of the content is still consumed on the radio. You mm. know, podcasting has risen to about 50% consumption now, which means the other half is still taking place on the radio, which is how it was sold to me, you yeah. know, and I thought that was a pretty good sales tactic, yeah. you know, that, overall. But they won you over. They did. They yeah. won me over with that right there. Okay. Anyway. Uh, is there still a war? There's war going mm. on right now. Mm. I think there will always be war. We will always have some type of war to talk about. Apparently as libertarians, we super hate talking about wars going on around the world because we're anti-death. We don't like wars. We don't like interventionism. Um, and then at the same time, I have this human drive to want to see justice brought uh, to those people who did those awful, terrible things over the weekend. And I'll admit, I've watched some videos of bombs being dropped. Uh, and Is that good for your psyche? Sadly... Sometimes you see a bomb get dropped and it reminds me of back in the old days, which is scary. It reminds me of back in 2003, back in Aunt 3, when I was watching bombs get dropped on Iraq mm. and was just excited as hell about it. Just mm. so pumped. And I don't even know what they did to me. I'm not even sure what Iraq did, you know, but I knew I wanted to see it. I knew I wanted to wave my American flag when that stuff was happening. Mm, you're wearing so your Armed Forces Entertainment hat. Armed right Forces now. Entertainment hat right now. Mm -hmm. I support the troops and I have supported the troops with my time and my effort and my music in the past. So have you. you I don't have. have. But you don't have a hat. No. Where's that's... your merch? Where's your swag? Well, we didn't get to go to Diego Garcia. Yeah. Like you guys did. It's true. It was, it was that's a cool. That's probably place. where they had the hats. <laughs> They had a, I don't remember where we got the hats, uh, but they were, they were pretty cool. Yeah. So um, anyhow, uh, we're well, gonna... we were talking in the pre-show. I think it's important. We were talking in the pre-show, like you can be, you can be pro troops mm -hmm. and still hate war. True. You in know? fact, you can I be think pro defense and hate offense. I think uh, hating war is the most pro troop you can be. You know, being pro-troop doesn't mean you want to see them die. I'm right. pro-troop because I don't want to see them die, mm. especially for causes uh, for that have nothing to do with us sometimes. So 
maybe that'll maybe that'll work itself into what we're talking about a little bit today. Um, clearly, terrible stuff happened over the weekend, which we've been talking a lot about. Everyone's talking about this right now. It's continuing to happen. Israel is laying waste to uh, to Gaza right now. And uh, there's still people, there's still hostages, there's people that are missing. So um, they opened up a can of a whoop ass. They did. Mm. They did. And um, there's still, uh, I think, 11 Americans that were killed now is the new number. And I believe there are some that are missing also. And you know who else is missing? This is weird. The president. Yesterday, like he hasn't come out and give a speech about this oh, yet. President Biden. President Biden. Hasn't come out and given the speech about this yet, although he's supposed to sometime today, I believe, uh, or by the time we play this tonight, maybe he will have already done that. Um, and they call the lid, what they call where they're not going to do any more press, like, at 11 a.m. yesterday. They're like, oh, we're done talking about this today. We didn't talk. And uh, that's it. Uh, we're done. We're going to tweet about uh, junk fees and airlines and stuff like that. And so that's what you end up seeing from the, uh, the White House account. It's really weird. Really weird. I see people are talking about... Bidenomics. The, uh, see, you're talking about the Cowboys game still, mm. and I've been trying to forget that yeah. game really hard. Yeah. If I see something about football on my feet, I scroll past it really fast because yeah. I like to pretend it doesn't exist mm. this week. I mm. will. Okay, let's go through a couple things. That, we should send the Cowboys over. This is where it gets <laughs> a little scary uh, to me because the Wall Street Journal, they reported... Uh, a day ago, I believe that Iran helped plot this attack on Israel over several weeks of time. That's the the headline from the Wall Street Journal. And of course, it's just a news organization reporting this. You don't know that it's fully confirmed. You don't know for sure uh, how involved they were in the plotting. But Iran has been pretty out in the open before about uh, supporting Hamas. Like, we, we know this. This mm -hmm. is not some type of... They've been pretty out in the open about how they hate Jews. Yeah. This is not some type of a big secret. And when I see a headline like this, it scares me because you get people like Nikki Haley tweeting an attack on Israel is an attack on America. Well, who attacked Israel? Well, it was Hamas, but who funded Hamas? Well, it was probably Iran that did it. Well, does that mean that Iran attacked Israel and attacking Israel is like attacking America? So does that mean that mm -hmm. Iran atta attacked America? This all just reminds me of Braveheart. Yeah, yeah. Every, I think everything reminds you an of an attack on the king's sure. soldiers and attack on the king himself. <laughs> okay. You know? I don't, I've only seen the movie once now, so yeah. I need to watch it maybe more times. Well, that's how the whole thing got started, <laughs> basically. Read a little bit here from this Wall Street Journal article, right. Charles. Iranian security officials helped plan Hamas's Saturday surprise attack on Israel. This isn't, doesn't even say alleged. It says helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on Israel and gave the green light for the assault at a meeting in Beirut last Monday, according to a sen to senior members of Hamas and Hezbollah, another Iran-backed militant group. Officers of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps had worked with Hamas since August to devise the air, land, and sea incursions, the most significant breach of Israel's borders since 19 the 1973 Yom Kippur War. Kippur is how... Kippur. It's been said our Kippur. entire lives. Uh, these people said. You don't celebrate Yom, Yom Kippur? Like you don't so light air, candles? land, and sea. Yeah. Air, we saw the paragliders. Yeah. With, well, the, the engines fly mm -hmm. away home style. Now, how many lanterns did they light to warn people about that? Because that's kind of confusing. It's like yeah. one if by, two if by. Like There just must have been lights all over the place, I guess. Mm. Where were the sea incursions? I didn't see that part. I didn't see that one. I don't know. Mm. 
I haven't seen that. All right. Details of the operation were refined during several meetings in Beirut attended by IRGC officers and representatives of four Iran-backed militant groups, including Hamas, which holds power in Gaza and Hezbollah, a Shiite military group. I said Shiite radio. Mm-hmm. That's, Shiite. That's a form yeah. of Muslim mm-hmm. group, I think, or faction. <laughs> it's a faction of Arabs. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. And it's, it's a, I think it's a militant group. Mm-hmm. And a political faction. In Lebanon. <laughs> U.S. officials say they haven't seen evidence of Tehran's involvement. Um, in an interview with CNN that aired Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said, quote, we have not yet seen evidence that Iran directed or was behind this particular attack, but there is certainly a long relationship. They've been holding hands for a while. You know, I got to be honest. I think I've been saying Anthony Blinken this whole time. It turns out it's Anthony. It's Antony. Antony. How about that? Mm. Tony Blinken. Quote, we don't have any information at this time to corroborate this account, said a U.S. official of the meetings. So the um, the uh, they have a thing here. Sen- tell us Senior about. Hamas official uh, said the group planned the attacks on its own. Said this is a Palestinian Hamas decision. Uh, but the spokesman for Iran's mission to the United Nations said the Islamic Republic stood in support of Gaza's actions, but did not direct them. So they still say that they stand in support of them. So how can you write that headline? I'm not sure. Like they've got a guy who, who was it that they said helped it? Um, Iran security officials helped plan Hamas's attack. According to senior members of Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, so apparently someone from Hamas said they didn't. And someone from Hamas said they didn't. Mm. Basically, we have no idea. I would lean on the side of they probably did. And that's what scares me because I don't want to get in. I don't want to get into another war in the Middle East. We got a lot of wars going on right now. I just tweeted this out uh, earlier that our, our economy can't sustain fighting Russia and China, which we're supposed to be doing sometime with Taiwan. To protect Taiwan. And Iran at the same time, you know, without, I don't think they can sustain it, but they'd have to have massive inflation, more taxation. Like we're already doing the thing with, with Russia. We spent 800 and something billion on the military and uh, adding in a couple more wars on top of that. I just don't see how we could possibly afford to do this. I saw the Babylon B headline that was a picture of Zelensky. And said it is now a bad time to ask for a few more bill. <laughs> well, uh, bill, that's a <laughs> bil. <laughs> so good. Um, Zelensky's out there saying that Russia is the one who helped plan the attack on Israel. So he's basically out there saying, "Hey, if you want to protect Israel, give me your money mm-hmm. <laughs> because we got to stop. We're we fighting the good fight." Or he's like, "Hey." I know there's bad stuff going on in Israel, but don't forget about me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't forget about little old me over here fighting Russia. Exactly. And everyone's worried about this, but well, this is Putin's war. I still need your money right now. This was a, this is a Putin backed experiment. <sighs> this, this cycle of continuous war. I just, I think that us as humans are just, uh, I think that we are destined to always live in some type of, some state of war and it's all like territorial dispute still. I mean, imagine, imagine this, like this is all still people fighting over land. That's what Israel and Palestine is. That's what China and Taiwan is. That's what Russia and Ukraine is. And in, in our minds, we talked about this a little bit 
uh, yesterday, but in our minds, like the, the borders are right, you know, like right now, let's just, can we just call it? Can we just, well, can we just call the map right now? And everyone just, just say, agrees. this is map. This is the map. This is map. <laughs> There's no changing map. But unfortunately throughout history, this has always, there were, there were maps and there were borders and there were people who had these lands before what we have right now. And those borders change and change over time. And then we see these wars now over borders and we're like, oh, this is wrong. This is these people's land. Well, actually, this is how history has always gone. Mm -hmm. People, the, the lines have always changed. And I, I don't know if that's something that's ever going to stop. Been gerrymandering the map since <laughs> human civilization. You know, go back to that because I think there's something important here. A direct Iranian role would take Tehran's long-running conflict with Israel out of the shadows, raising the risk of a broader conflict in the Middle East. That's going to happen. Mm. Okay. Mm. Senior Israeli security officials have pledged to strike at Iran's leadership if Tehran is found responsible for killing Israelis. So if, if Iran was involved in any way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. is what Israel's saying, then they're going to, they're also going to drop bombs. It's going to be. now you have Israel, which is, which is a nuclear power. Mm -hmm. um, Iran, which we don't know. We don't know. They're, they're always five years away from having a nuke. Yeah. Um, that's where the real weapons of mass destruction were. Yeah. <laughs> they moved from Iraq probably, to Iran. Probably. And so, yeah, this is, I, my prediction is it's going to escalate. It's going to get worse before it gets better. That's my prediction. It's typically how these things go. Story now, of I hope world. I'm wrong. I really do. I hope I'm wrong because uh, it'll just be more death and more destruction. And uh, man, you know, it's so crazy. Like there's never been a better time to be alive unless you lived in the Middle East in the last 30 years. Yeah. Like, or, or like hundred or like ever. Really. Yeah. It's not been that great to be in the Middle East. Mm -mm. You know? There are parts around the world where, um, I honestly, I'm like, let's just take some, let's just take some cargo planes and just load up some of these people, you know, and bring them over. That's how I felt. That's how I felt when I was in Djibouti. I was like, why? You know, this place is not that great, guys. Mm -mm. Just come over. You can live in New Mexico if you want to, if you want to not see anything green, but it's still better. You know, it's yeah. still better than this desert. Mm -hmm. You know, you could, we got a lot of space in our desert. So you want to bust people in. If they the wanted States. to, I'm just saying it'd be way better than trying to protect the area. Why don't we just get people out of there? You know, and if you want to stay, then it's on you. And then we're just done. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think that that's a pretty good foreign policy move right there. And then you just like United States is like violence free zone. You yeah. Put up signs. No. And yeah, you put up a, a violence Can't free. drop bombs here. prohibited. Yeah can't terrorists attack here there you go and then that way everybody's safe okay um let's get back to a surface annoying conversation less serious than all this terrible war but still on the uh still talking about what happened over the weekend there's been a few posts here about how x formerly known as twitter uh, has been allowing disinformation to flow as we as we learn more and more about this war and in fact, even Elon Musk himself apparently tweeted out someone who's known for spreading disinformation and anti-Semitism, like straight up hates Jews. So let's talk about that here for a second, because it's kind of weird how this happened. Like Mehdi Hassan said, 
Uh, Midas Touch said, Elon Musk recommends ex-users follow anti-Semitic disinfo accounts for Israel information. Mehdi Hassan, the arbiter of truth, says, so weird how this keeps happening. All right, so... <laughs> the arbiter of truth. We got the uh, Midas Touch headline <laughs> right there. Midas Touch said, as disinformation flourished on social media app X in the wake of Hamas's attacks on Israel, ex-owner Elon Musk recommended to his nearly 160 million followers that people follow accounts that engage in anti-Semitism and spread disinformation about global events. On Sunday afternoon, Musk posted, quote, for following the war in real time, War monitors and sent defender are good. It's also worth following direct sources on the ground. Please add interesting options and replies. These accounts recommended by Musk are notor notorious spreaders of disinformation on X, often posting debunked videos that have zero relation to the conflicts they are purported to depict. So we have more. We have Rachel Maddow from MSNBC. We have Rachel Maddow from MSNBC saying, as false war information spreads on X, Musk promotes unvetted accounts. And she's tweeting out an article from the Washington Post. And then you go to the Washington Post. They say, as false information about rapidly changing war between Gaza Strip militants and Israel proliferated on the social media platform, Elon Musk personally recommended that users follow accounts notorious for promoting lies. Now, the reason that something like this bothers me so much is that you have all these people, the Washington Post, you got MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, you got, you got uh, Mehdi Hassan out there. And these are all the people who want to be the only people that can tell you what's going on in the world. What they say is the truth. And anyone else is basically spreading misinformation, disinformation, if it's not the information they want you to have. And so they all go out here talking about how Elon Musk is recommending these disinformation accounts. Okay, so you want to check on that. Is he in fact doing that? Here's the tweet where he tags these people. Now, here's the problem. You can't find this tweet anymore because he deleted this tweet. Why did he delete the tweet? Because he accidentally tagged the wrong account. In fact, there are three accounts that come up when you look at War Monitor, and they've all got very similar handles. And what you can clearly see is that once you realize that he tagged a different account, he deleted the tweet, but that doesn't stop the fact that people got screenshots of it, and now they can all say that he recommended that people go and follow someone who's been spreading disinformation and who is anti-Semitic and all of that. And I just wanted to point out the, the hypocrisy here of these people coming out and telling you that it's Elon Musk who is spreading disinformation and in the process of them telling you this, they are, in fact, the one who is misinforming or disinforming you. Because he did recommend this account that shows these things, but he immediately deleted the tweet once he realized that he tagged the wrong account. But they use a screenshot of him tagging the wrong account to say that he is spreading disinformation. And then they act like he didn't delete it. In fact, I looked at every article that they all posted out about it. None of the articles mentioned the fact that he deleted the tweet. Once you could see clearly that there are three different pages with very similar names. And so we know exactly what happened. I've, I've tagged the wrong account before. I've, I've misspelled things on Twitter before. I've messed up before on Twitter. Okay. His problem is when he tweets that out, it goes out to millions of people. And then there's millions of screenshots and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. It's an extremely bad faith argument and it's done under the guise of being the people who are telling you the truth all the time, okay? They are trying to destroy 
Musk because he is letting information get out that they, the gatekeepers of information, don't want you to see or is not coming from them because they want to be the truth tellers. And they're lying to you in the process of doing it. And so that kind of thing just, it bothers me. Nothing like, I'll be honest. Nothing like lying to you telling you that it's the truth. I know. It's weird. It's my favorite. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We've all been there before. I know I'm there all the time where I'm trying to go to sleep and all of a sudden my brain just keeps racing. My thoughts just keep racing. And then it turns out like two hours later, I'm just sitting there thinking about stuff that I shouldn't even be worried about. Maybe it's time to work out and you, you're excited, but then all those negative thoughts creep in. You know, you know what you should do. You know what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Now, I've done therapy before in the past. It was very instrumental in my life and who I am today. Charlie has used BetterHelp also in the past. He loved it. Very easy, very simple, and very helpful as well. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash G-M-L. All right, I wanted to show you something. Now, warning, in this video, you'll see probably some blood and stuff like that. Um, it was a little bit more than what I thought it was going to be, but I'm starting halfway into the video, so we, uh, we're not going to watch the whole thing. Um, I was just thinking... As these uh, terrorists came into the city and they started going door to door, they're driving around this whole town. They're just killing people in their cars. They're going house to house, snatching up people, killing people, doing all that. I questioned the, the ease with which these few trucks full of people were able to just go house to house, door to door, street to street, doing this, encountering uh, no resistance while they were doing that. Like and so no one protecting their homes. And so I went, let's just play a little bit of the description of what happened. And then we'll talk about why this is the case. Motorcyclists were found dead. One resident captured the terrorists approaching mm. the police station. The gunman opened fire on a passing police car. Others are filmed moving along a residential street, kicking doors and shooting at a passing car. At least nine assailants on foot approached the police station and exchanged gunfire with officers. From the opposite direction, another group of attackers charges toward the fray, flanking the police station. One resident filmed police defending the station that entrance. One bullet <clears throat> was pretty close. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. So... This is, just, camera. this is just some of the video. And of course, they're they're attacking a police station in a lot of this video. Uh, so not the best one with that. 
you uh you hear all these stories of people hiding in their bunkers and their safe rooms and stuff like that because this is something that they kind of prepare for and i didn't i'm not saying this didn't happen and it's tough to know exactly what happened just a few days after the fact and of course if the people still didn't survive you're not going to hear the exact stories that happened so i'm not saying this was always the case exactly the whole time but you're not hearing a ton of stories of, of people putting up a really strong fight. Like when people came to their house, they just opened up on them, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, Ch Charles, you know, if, if you saw people going down the street, door to door, um, would, would you just get in a safe room and hope that they don't find you? And if they do find you, then you're dead? Well, I would tell them to wait. Yeah. So I could get my permit. Okay. <laughs> to show show them my permit. Pass your classes. Yes. Go through training. That I'm qualified. Stu stuff like that. I'm qualified to stand my my ground. Now I'm, that's what I would that's my first step. And then I would tell them to be patient so I could go to the lake mm -hmm. and go fishing. And then I would be back. And then we could set the whole thing up. Mm -hmm. And that way it'd be fair. There you go. Yeah. Now I'm that's not, what I would do. I'm not trying to uh I'm not trying to uh, blame the victims here. I'm not trying to victim blame. I'm not trying to blame Israel. I'm not saying that they anybody asked for who this. blames victims starts out by saying that. That's true. <laughs> That's how it is. I'm not victim blaming right now. What I want to do is uh, just highlight how important it is to have a right to bear arms, and which we all do. Even the people in Israel do, but their government doesn't protect them protect that right. Their government actually takes that right and only gives it to them uh, at specific <laughs> times. And so I, I was looking up what some of their laws are, and this is a pretty recent article, firearm licensing in Israel, how strict are the gun laws? So this is from February of this year. And uh, they say during times of elevated terrorism in Israel, applications for civilian gun licenses have skyrocketed. Uh, case in point, in the wake of 2022's combined ramming, stabbing attack and the subsequent mass shootings at um, Hadera and B'nai Brock, I don't know how you say that. B'nai. B'nai, I don't know. The number of requests for new carry permits pur purportedly multiplied by over, by over 40 over a 10-day period. Um, so they talk about the good guy with a gun theory. Uh, they say that it has actually proven itself in Israel. For instance, armed civilians ended large-scale terror killings in Beersheba in 2022 and Ariel November 20, November 15, 2022, preventing deadly attacks. Uh, let's see, in, I don't know how to, Gush Etzion, uh, and then Jerusalem, and then the Judean Desert several times uh, where civilians ended the attacks. Um, other major attacks that were stopped with the help of armed civilians include, and then all of these things. Indeed, a high percentage, if not a majority, of Palestinian terrorists who were caught in the act of attempting to murder Israelis are swiftly neutralized by private citizens carrying weapons. Yet, contrary to popular conception, only a tiny minority of Israelis own firearms. And this piece will explain the Jewish state's strict gun control laws. So, um, They've only 2.6% of the entire adult population uh, has the uh, personal gun license, the legal ability to have a firearm in, in Israel. 
All right. So there's still 150,000 Israelis, they said, have a have a personal gun license. Okay. Uh, that excludes weapons held by IDF soldiers and police officers and border guards. Um they said there's 400,000 400, illegal firearms, the vast majority is circulating in Arab communities. Uh, let's see. In 2023, Israel's parliament advanced legislation meant to tackle illegal firearm possession, and the Israeli police, Israel police has carried out near-daily raids with an eye towards seizing illegal weapons. Israel's fire, firearm law of 1949 and its related ordinances do not recognize any right to bear arms, and private gun ownership is subject to many restrictions. For one, civilians can only apply for a pistol. Rifles are wholly off limits. Notice that they weren't off limits for the people that were going door to door killing mm -hmm. people. Um, that seems important to me. Why would you need to own a, uh, a rifle, an assault weapon, as people call them? Furthermore, as a general rule, civilians can have no more than 50 bullets in their possession at any given time. Only 50. That's it. And while the vast majority of Israelis receive weapons training during their mandatory military service in the IDF, there are numerous additional prerequisites for obtaining a carry license. Uh, so you got. <clears throat> so you're saying it's hard. It's, it's hard to get a gun. It's hard to get a gun. Hard to get a gun. Um, and maintain they, a gun. They've got have any ammunition. Yeah, only 50 rounds. That's it. They include an age requirement. Um, Israelis who completed their two or three year IDF service can apply at their 20th birthday. Meanwhile, those who did not serve have to wait until they are 27 and non-citizen residents become eligible at the age of 45. Mm. Crucially, prospective licenses are licensees are asked to demonstrate a specific need to own a weapon. What, what other need do you have for, for example, living or working in the West bank beyond the green line or in other designated dangerous locations increases one's eligibility. Those employed in professions that encounter unsafe situations on a regular basis, including paramedics, firefighters, and other emergency responders, and tour guides are also eligible. <laughs> tour guides. Tour guides. There you go. Um, applicants should have at least basic knowledge of the Hebrew language, present a health declaration signed by a physician, and complete a theoretical exam and, compuls and compulsory training. Only after an interview and thorough security check does the applicant receive his or her license, which must be renewed every two years and requires periodic refresher courses? Uh, let's see. They The firearms licensing department rejected roughly 40% of all requests mm. in 2018. So, bottom line, they have common sense gun laws in Israel <laughs> to keep people safe. <coughs> all right? Yeah. So, uh, And terrorists are able to go door to door. So, once again, I'm not... Kidnapping, raping, murdering... I don't want to like blame them. I want people in the U.S. to remember uh, that it is it, it's important to have firearms. You know, it's not like nothing like this could ever happen in the United States. It it probably could happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's less likely to happen uh, in the U.S. because of the gun ownership, and I think it's very much less likely to happen in areas where people are actually allowed to have guns, uh, where they protect your right to have a gun instead of trying to take it away. Like you're, I don't know how much of that you're going to see going on in, uh, right, right here in Tennessee or in Texas, people rolling down the street, uh, just taking out people house to house, yeah. you know, it, I don't, it I don't wouldn't know. happen for very long. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the, the right to gun ownership is very, very important. Well, and they proved it even in Israel, in, mm -hmm. in Israel. Mm -hmm. I mean, they proved 
how civilians with that were armed help stop and mm-hmm. prevent further mass destruction. And, I, and so it is extremely important. I'm hoping that that changes after this. I, I know that it's very soon to be talking politics and laws and stuff like that immediately after something like this happens. But I do hope that people realize that what these people needed, remember, they've got the most advanced security apparatus in the whole world, maybe just next to the United States, the most surveillance. They've got a, they got walls. They got like everyone has mandatory military service. You know, they got all that stuff, but that doesn't help you when people are just going door to door, killing people and you can't do anything. Because they started by taking out, they go and they take out the police stations. And then all the people there are defenseless because they don't have any weapons. So, and they, so they were able to kill the equivalent of what would be 40,000 people in America mm-hmm. based yeah. on population. Yeah. So imagine that. Yeah. That's, that's uh, all of this protection that Israel has for you. Your government, your, your government's going to protect you. That didn't, that didn't work and hasn't worked. Several times it hasn't worked. Yeah. And wouldn't you want, I don't know, wouldn't you want to take on some ownership of that responsibility to protect yourself and your family? I and would. not rely just on your government who has no obligation to protect you whatsoever. I was actually surprised when I saw this. I, I was, I had started thinking like, man, it's really weird that you don't just see people, you know, making a stand uh, as this was happening. I kept hearing about this door to door thing. And um, so I started looking up and I, I was actually surprised with all of the violence that people in Israel are worried about and all of the terrorism and stuff like that. I really did think that they would, that they'd be protecting people's right to self-defense and instead they just rely almost completely on the government to do it. And I, that's one of the things I believe that Hamas knew when they came in to do this. So keep that in mind, all right? When people are having these gun debates online, you say, remember the Jews. That's how you just say it just like that. Yeah, never okay. forget. Yeah. Now, normally we'd be talking about the Holocaust, but now we're talking about this. And they haven't given them the cool name yet. I've been wondering what the name's going to be. What's your name for it? I, I don't know. Has anyone heard any names? Mm-mm. No? Okay. Um, other, other business. We'll see what Joe Biden comes out and says today. The house is getting back together today as well. They're going to start trying to pick a speaker. I believe that this will expedite the process because the number one important business on the table is going to be sending your money to Israel, uh, or at least sending more weapons to Israel. And that's, that's another weird thing. Israel is actually really advanced nation. You look at, uh, um, GDP per capita, they're like number 14, I think, in the world. Uh, military spending as a percentage of GDP, I think they're number four in the world. Uh, they have the third most stocks listed in the U.S. stock market to America and China and in Israel. Like They have a very advanced economy. They're a mm-hmm. rich nation. And we've been paying for a lot of their military. You know, We send them billions every year. It's like... 50 billion? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, too much. I don't know what exactly. I yeah. don't, don't quote me on the number, but it's a, it's a lot of money that we, that we send them every year. And I just wonder why they need us to send them more ammunition for the Iron Dome 
thing that they have. And the Iron Dome thing's really cool, and they definitely need it. I just, it seems like they have an advanced enough economy that they They just could, didn't imagine the paraglider. Uh, that's the problem, yeah. yeah. But they dealt... They I guess the Iron Dome couldn't detect those guys. They dealt with something like 5,000 rockets sent at them since this thing started on Saturday, and the Iron Dome's been taking care of most of them, but it's depleting their ammo that they have for it. And I just, I, I wonder when it's their job to create this thing and defend themselves or to at least create the ammo for it. Now, the ammo probably under copyright law more than likely and you got to buy it from the people who made the iron dome system i mm -hmm. guarantee you that oh that, absolutely that's probably why they can't make their own oh. they'd probably get arrested for making their own you know yeah. if they did if they did that i bet you that's in the contract that the ammo's got to be purchased from the company oh i'm sure <laughs> that made the system yeah and that's one of the uh, that's one of the big problems because they they should be at a point where they're able to take care of themselves and when we have so many issues going on in the U.S., it's just it gets really weird to think, uh, to see that it's that it's our job to do this. I think the shorter list would be what countries are we not sending money to? Yeah, <laughs> and I don't I don't know if there is one that we're not sending money to. Mm. It's just and we're doing all of that. We're this you know benevolent country doing all of that mm -hmm. while at the same time. We're thirty-five trillion dollars in debt. Thirty-three-ish. Thirty, yeah. It'll 33. be thirty-five yeah. in a couple months. Yeah. By the time someone's listening to this, it'll be they'll be like, "Oh, remember when we were only thirty-five trillion dollars in debt?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have any money to give anyone. <laughs> no, Tom. That's one. That's one of the places we don't send any money. Uh -huh. um, the U.S. <laughs> I'm sure we send some kind of money to North Korea. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't. I don't know if we have to go into the other subject, although we do. It's it has nothing to do with Israel. Is the problem? You know, do we do we want to talk about something? Yeah, let's do that a has, break and has nothing to do with Israel. Yeah, let's do a a quick break. Yeah, we can't say break, and the break was fifteen minutes ago. Oh, so let's do a can't, short. Can't can't just do that. It's got a specific a, time. Let's <laughs> do a short recession. Let's recess. Okay. Can I say recess? I don't know. We don't. We don't need to. No. Coming up, we're going to talk about this. All right, we're back. <laughs> there we go. One problem I have right now is I'm extremely distracted. Are you? Why? Yeah. Why are you distracted? Well, you know, mm. there's a kid. Mm. I don't know whose it is. Mine, I think. No. And they, <clears throat> he's very smart. Yeah. He finds a way to get my attention by pulling on the extension cord that runs yeah. out of our room mm -hmm. because we want to separate the lights and other stuff to keep it from trip in the breaker like it did that one time. So he'll pull on that <laughs> and make noises to get my attention. And so I got one ear in and one ear out. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Right now. Trying Why don't to, we just call it in? I've got other stuff I can pull in. Do you have enough? A second. You yeah. have enough? I, I mean, we it. can go through this. No, nah, nah, I got it. Let's do it tomorrow. Okay. Well, tomorrow's White Pill Wednesday. We'll do the specific story on Thursday. Do you guys want Parker to come in and, and sure. sound off the show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. What a day. It has been a day. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's go. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please share it with a friend, a family member, or a foe. Let them know. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Let them know what's going on around the world and where to uh, find the truth. Uh, the thing is, like, Nate and I don't know everything, and we'll tell you that. 
Yeah, we don't. We'll, we'll tell you that we don't know. Um, but as we find things out, that's what we try to do. And so uh, Elon Musk should have tweeted us out probably as arbiters of truth. <laughs> um, well, but a really... He wouldn't have gotten in trouble. An important thing here, like as libertarians who are non-interventionists, it's a tough word to say, and it's even harder principle to follow. <laughs> okay. Especially um, when you have a lisp. Yeah. Very, very difficult stuff. Mm. Um, when we don't know everything like about Israel and Palestine and the history of this, and there's been things going back and forth between them our entire lives, you know, and Israel's done things wrong. Palestinians have done things wrong. Hamas is a is like a terrorist, radical Islamic organization, and you know started like by a, the United States. Started well in Israel, yeah, yeah. The, to fight the other people that were that were in Palestine, and then of course it becomes you know more than he, what you thought it was going to be. Him and his group um, get screwed over. Yeah. So now they're like, well, screw you guys. Yeah. And yeah. so they don't want, you know, Hamas doesn't want this two-state solution. They don't want peace. They don't want to allow Israel to exist. They don't want to give up. The, they don't, they're never going to get over the fact that they believe it's their land. And Israel's not going to go over the fact that they believe it's their land. And so when this happens, only, only violence is, mm. is going to come in its place. And... We're just going to have to see who wins. And my only hope, and I know that they're all, that they, I know they're doing it, but I, I hope that Israel does a good job making sure they're not killing civilians. I know that Hamas purposefully hides behind civilians. They launch their rockets from neighborhoods. They, their military, their armories are in the basements of hospitals. And so they, they purposefully hide behind civilians. And that way, when Israel bombs them, they can, propagandize about how Israel's killing innocent Palestinian people. And so I By get the way, it. that's pretty smart. It's, it's, I mean, it's smart. You it's, have to give it to them. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is it's, disgusting. Uh, it's, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. And I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what you do. Cause if Israel just does nothing, is Hamas, does that mean Hamas? I'm not saying Palestine. Does that mean Hamas is just not going to do anything? Just going to leave them alone? No, the answer is no. Are they going to give up their land that they have? The answer is no. Is Hamas going to be okay with Israel keeping the land? No. The answer is no. One of them is going to have to win. And unfortunately, now we're fighting kind of an ideological battle a little bit. And uh, we know how those play out. As Americans, we know how those battles play out. Mm. All right? Good luck to you. Yeah. Good, good luck. I, I really hope that someday we'll see the end of war, but it's not going to be this week. I'll tell you that. Mm. Maybe this year. You think? Well, like it won't be like this year. Like when we're all dead? It won't be in the next five years. Only the dead have seen the end of, of <clears throat> yeah, war. Yeah, unless Charlie. all the nukes get launched, mm -hmm. then <laughs> that'll be the end of war. That'll all right. be the end of humans. All right. Like I said, share the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Go to GodHatesFeds.com. Pick up some merchandise because you hate the feds just like we do. Mm -hmm. So you might as well go to GodHatesFeds.com. Get yourself one of them fancy new t-shirts Nate's been designing. Uh, and then you can join the Fed Haters Club. Yeah. There's a club for this. There is. It's called the Fed Haters Club. Go to joingmail.com or godhatesfeds.com. There's a link there. Do all those things, and we'll be back again tomorrow if we feel like it. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.